scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John. In this portion of the Gospel of John, it is called the Farewell Address. Jesus is seated with his disciples and he is telling them that he is about to die. And he wants to assure them that they will not be left alone. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's health, house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will bring you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let us pray. You know the needs of our hearts. Even before we ask, you know exactly what we need. So come and be the word that each of us longs to hear for the healing of our souls. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. What does it mean to you to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? I was raised to believe that faith, that being a Christian, was about things that you believe. And that going to church was where I learned the right things to believe so that I could go to heaven. Sometimes this is called an elevator faith, that you get onto the elevator and learn the right words and push the right buttons and the elevator will take you up to God when you die. And I love church and I love God and I look forward to going to heaven. But even as a child, there was this thing that bothered me, and that was, what about people who didn't go to church? What about people who had never heard of Jesus or already had their own religion? What happens to them when they die? Does God not love them as well? Will God not welcome them into heaven? Of course, I knew in my heart that God loves people of all faiths and no faith. And I could not believe that God would condemn more than half of humanity to eternal damnation. But there were many who tried to teach me otherwise. 
and they would often cite this scripture to prove that I was wrong. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. This verse will get used to claim that the Christian faith is exclusive, that we have the ultimate truth. Exclusive theology condemns other people to hell, not just in the afterlife, but here and now. We know about fundamentalist traditions that have claimed the exclusive rights to heaven and have to therefore rid the earth of all others. Is it any wonder that religion is shunned by so many people today? As people of faith, as Christians, we have to know and we have to believe that God loves all people and all creation and that love is the way and love is the truth and love is light. To move beyond the exclusive theology, even in a mainline church that I learned over the years, I had to let go of some assumptions. And the first assumption was that faith is right belief. That it's about getting in the elevator and pushing the right buttons. I have come to believe that faith is far more complex and has to do with right action, maybe even more than right belief. Who gets to say what right belief is? How do we judge what is right? The second assumption that I had to give up was that faith operates on rewards and punishments. Is it all about getting the great reward? I have come to understand that when we have a religion of rewards and punishments, we live in fear that we might be one of those who is punished. Last night, my husband and I watched the beautiful documentary about Mr. Rogers, who devoted his life to saying, I love you just the way you are. He wanted children to know more than anything else that they were loved and accepted and worthy of love. Of course, he was a Christian minister, and for him, this was a way of speaking of grace, of the grace of God. He touched millions of lives. And when he was about to die, he said to his wife, am I a lamb? Am I a sheep? Because he was thinking about that Matthew passage where the sheep are on the right side and they go to heaven, but the goats 
are on the other side and they don't go to heaven. Even Mr. Rogers had to ask, am I a lamb? No one becomes holy by fear. No one becomes whole by the promise of a reward. These words have meant much to me in the development of my faith. They are the words of the Reverend Dr. John Bishop Spong. They have challenged me greatly. The closer I come to God in my studies and in my spiritual life, the more and more I experience God as mystery. Not up, but everywhere. In all, through all. A mystery beyond my knowing, so intimate as to permeate myself and all creation. The third assumption that I had to give up was that the purpose of religion is to get to heaven, which we so often relegate as the definition of salvation. The elevator church, push the right buttons, go to heaven. I have come to believe that our salvation as heaven is far too limited. I believe now that the purpose of religion is transformation from death to life, from violence to peace, from brokenness to wholeness, from illness to wellness, from sadness to joy, mourning to dancing, captivity to freedom, scarcity to plenty, self-centeredness to love or Christ, centeredness. One example of this salvation I was reading about was Baltimore ceasefire, where this woman, Erica Bridgeford, just got fed up with all of the killing in Baltimore and said, let's just call a ceasefire. So she's organized different groups and churches to walk the streets of Baltimore during these weekends of ceasefire. That is transformation from death to life. Erica Bridgeford is a kind of prophet reminding the church that worship means nothing if it is not about transformation of our souls, of our streets. The Micah passage, we always focus on that last verse, to do justice, love kindness, to walk humbly with God. But we must read the other verses that the prophet speaks about God's frustration with the people and with their worship. The people are coming with extravagant worship, 
rams and bulls and 10,000 gallons of oil to sacrifice before God. It means nothing. without justice, loving kindness, and humbly walking with God. It is a way of life, not simply a set of beliefs. What is required of you? Now, Jesus was a good Jew. Jesus knew Micah. Micah is how Jesus lived. It was the way he lived. Doing justice, loving people fiercely, especially those who were hard to love. He overturned our ideas of power and about humility. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Jesus was always in prayer with God. Jesus taught to love, the way of love. When Jesus says in this passage, I am the way, what he is saying is, is my way of transforming love, my way of kindness and justice and walking humbly with God is what transforms people's lives and this is the purpose of religion. My way is the way to the sacred. My way is the way to the kingdom of God. My way is the way to wholeness. My way is transformation brought on by love. Jesus was a good teacher, and so when Jesus had died and the church came together in Jesus rising, for the first five centuries, people outside of Christianity really saw Christianity as a way of life, not of beliefs or doctrine or going to heaven. Christianity was practical and that it improved people's lives. Women and slaves' lives were better because it is Jesus' way to treat people of all places in society with respect. Poor people's lives were improved because it is Jesus' way for those who have plenty to share with those who are in need. This is the way that Jesus speaks of in John 14. To be a Christian is to live that way. Recently, I started physical therapy again. I asked for service, how many of you know about physical therapy? It seems that for one thing or another, I am in physical therapy. Thanks be to God. And when I started physical therapy this time, to take away the pain in my upper and lower back, they said, well, we have to teach you how to breathe. 
I've been breathing the wrong way. We have to teach you how to walk. I haven't been walking the right way. And sitting and standing and holding my body. So there are exercises that train my body in the ways, the right ways for my healing. The church is that, is like that. We have exercises to train us in the right way of living. Isn't that wonderful? We practice hospitality and welcoming the stranger because it enlarges our love. We exercise giving to develop generosity because it makes us less fearful of not having enough. We exercise, we practice the way of counting our blessings so that we can live in a way of gratitude and blessing. For us Christians, Jesus is the way, but not the only expression of the way or the truth or the life. If we were to say that and stop there, we become the fundamentalist warped Christianity that is more destructive and is the way of death, not the way of life. The great enduring religious traditions of the world teach the ways of transforming love. They can all be warped by fundamentalism and exclusiveness. But the great traditions in their authenticity teach ways of seeking the sacred and compassion. Taoism. Tao means what? The way. The way. And the goal is the unity of all things. Buddhism. It is a way of removing suffering, the eightfold path, a way of being, of living. Islam, three instructions to do away with all social ills. Spread peace, feed the hungry, pray at night while others sleep. Hinduism seeks the union of the divine spark which is in everything and experiencing that in peace and joy and wisdom with God. The way to the sacred. And they have a practice which means union. Does anyone know the name of that sacred practice of shaping one's life towards union with the divine? Anyone know that? They know because they were here first, so they don't really count. It is yoga. Yoga simply means union. There was a Christian who asked the Dalai Lama, should I convert from Christianity to Buddhism? And the Dalai Lama said, why? You can do yoga and be a Christian. 
We are so lucky to live in a place and a time where we can know people of other faith traditions and they can know us. And people with no particular faith tradition can know us. Too often, our faiths have taught us to be afraid of one another. Even when I first started ministry, the Catholics were afraid that if they came into a Protestant church, the roof would fall in. And surely Protestants would not be in heaven. We've come a long way. We all must work for the transformation from fear to love. It is the work of all faiths, all people. Our world must have this transformation. We need all of the great religions to heal our world, to practice that way of transforming love. And we in this room can begin by first claiming that our Christian faith as the way among many expressions of the way is open and affirming of all faiths that follow the way of transforming love. Each one of us needs to be confident that we are being faithful to our Bible and to Jesus and to God, that our faith teaches us salvation, union with the divine for all people. Let no one teach you otherwise. Stand firm 